0: Hi guys and welcome back. We're at 90 episodes now. Wow, where's time gone? Wow. But look, Michigan State football looks to be back in the dark ages, which I did not see coming two years ago. Shit, even last offseason. I did not see the program falling into what they are right now. And a little bit more alliance talk later in the episode. But I just want to start off with Michigan State football. And my God, I'm not going to sit here and yell about it. I understand you have a horrible coach. You have a horrible offensive coordinator. You have a terrible defensive coordinator, a terrible O-line, no run game, and no defense. Can you really blame Keon Coleman, Charles Brantley, and Peyton Thorne to enter the portal? Can you really blame them? Because seriously, like, I can't blame them. We all knew Scottie Hazleton and Jay Johnson were garbage midway through the first season here during COVID. And they should have never had their contracts renewed after that last year for those guys to keep their job coming into this year blows my mind. I know you had a lot of injuries last year. I know the Mel Tucker errors had a lot of injuries, but at some point you have to look at the strength and conditioning as coach and be like, look, we have injuries everywhere all the time. You have a horrible DC, a guy who, who took over, you know, a program that, is known for their defense. Remember, the Antonio teams were known for being, like, top three, four defenses in college football. And they were known for the defense keeping you in the games, even when your offense sucked. But now, I mean, he ran that right to the ground. Scotty Hazleton, Hazleton, Mel Tucker, this is the most infuriating part about this era, is you took over a defensive genius, I would say. I think he was one of the best defensive coaches in college football. I don't think that was really a debate. I know they didn't have a lot of talent. I, I get that. But you took over a historically good defensive program and turned them into the worst defensive program in college football. A team that, even during the COVID year, they got torched to Western Kentucky. They would get to- they got torched to Purdue. This team has been torched every single time they've had to play a passing game. It's got to it since three years here. Kenneth Walker should... Be- be forced to pay $15 million of the fucking buyout when we have to buy him out. When we buy Mel Tucker out, and it's not going to be a cheap one, I'll tell you that much. He's guaranteed all of his money. He never has to coach a day in his life again. He's getting $95 million. And since he signed that check, he's stopped caring. He's losing coaches. He's losing players to the portal. He's losing recruits left and right. And now the 2024 class that, you know, we had all this hype train coming in last year with all these recruits coming here, all eyes were on Michigan state and Michigan state didn't just suck last year. They laid the biggest goose egg they could have laid and they didn't even make a bowl game. That's not acceptable. All eyes are on your program. You lay a goose egg. And then everybody leaves after that. All the recruits are gone. Nobody wants to come here. You're, you're, you're poaching five stars and high fours. We're not good enough to get those kids. I'm sorry, Ducker. you need a reality check. We're as bad as the schools, like Northwestern,
1: like Maryland,
0: like Rutgers. That, that's where Michigan State football is right now. They're not like Nebraska bad, but they're no powerhouse anymore. There's no... Talking about Michigan State as a scary team to play in week 10 at Spartan Stadium. Spartan Stadium was empty most of the year last year because everybody stopped caring because the players didn't really care last year. Now, this year, you didn't fix any of your issues. You got a decent recruiting class. A lot of freshmen are going to have to play right away. You don't have a quarterback. We saw it in the spring game, Thorne, who was the best quarterback in the spring game, he leaves. And it wasn't even close. I mean, all the other guys were, weren't even Big Ten quarterbacks to me in that game. We don't have a Big Ten quarterback right now. Think about that for a second. We're throwing in Noah Kim or Kane House. That's as bad as Rocky Lombardi, if not worse. Kane Houseer was not ready in that spring game. I don't care. He might be a good player in two years, but he wasn't ready. Now one of them has to start week one. You don't have receivers anymore. Keon, good luck wherever he goes. I don't blame you for leaving. Thorne, good luck wherever you go. I, I that, That's that been a rumor for months now that he was going to transfer. So I'm not following any of them for transferring. Can you blame them? Brantley, can you blame him? After what we just saw last year and what we've seen this entire offseason, can you really blame kids for transferring? Keon Coleman knows if he goes right down the road to Michigan, he's going to be a first-round pick. Receivers know that if Payton Thorne's your quarterback, Noah Kim's your quarterback, or Kane Hauser's is your quarterback, they know their draft stop's going to tank. And it's not even really like it's Payne Thorne's fault. Like, Payne Thorne doesn't have a line. He's not that good. I, I get it. But he doesn't have much to show for it on that line. I mean, he's forced to make quick decisions, which he's not good at. I don't think Thorne's that bad of a quarterback. He could end up in a school like Northern Illinois and thrive, be the top quarterback in the Mac. He's just not. And I, I can see him going to like some some mid some low level power five school like Arizona or Arizona State, something like that, where he's gonna have a, a solid career there. I don't blame him for transferring. Mel Tucker, this is it. Look, you I understand the job was impossible. I know that it wasn't an easy job to take over right before signing day and he had a COVID year that just you couldn't do anything your first year. Like your first year, I get it. I'm not going to like sit here and say two and 5 boo Hoo-hoo. He had no talent and he was stuck in the worst situation ever. Ignore his first season. Second season, he gets carried by Kenneth Walker, wins 11 games. All eyes are on this program and go five and seven with the same talent. Besides K-9. And now you're losing recruits. You're losing key players. You're losing coaches left and right. And you have a team full of three stars and freshmen that have to play right away. It's going to be a disaster. This is it. I mean, this is year four talk. So this is put up for shut up. Give me seven wins. Seven's like the lowest expectation ever. Like that's not even Michigan State standards. Michigan State standard should be nine wins. Shouldn't be seven. But I'm just looking at what's in front of him and what's in front of his face. If you can't give me seven this year, sorry, Tuck, ain't working out. You got to leave. Take your $95 million and buy six houses around the country and just retire because you don't need to do anything else the rest of your life. You're set for life. Why would you care if you're making $95 million guaranteed? Fully guaranteed. I wouldn't care about my job at that point. I have $95 million in my bank. I don't care if I win 10 football games or two football games. I have $95 million. And that's exactly how I think about Tucker is looking at it right now. I want to move into more positive stuff now. I got my Michigan State thing out of the way. Look, I, They're a disaster. But the Lions, man. This is exciting. I think us fans are expecting big things. Like, this isn't the same old Lions feeling. We don't have bad draft. We had, a, we had I think, one of the better drafts my life. We'll see what they do when they hit the field, but the guys they got are solid NFL players. Like, they're day one starters, day one plug-and-play players. Gibbs will be a great – we'll see if he goes running back one or two, but he'll be great for pushing Montgomery in camp. I'm in love with, with the Jack Campbell pick. I would have preferred him at 34. But at 18, just secured a guy who I was in love with well before this draft, The guy who I came on the podcast multiple times and raved about and said I wanted him in a Lions jersey. Yeah, they got him a little early, but I think they got probably the best linebacker outside of Will Anderson's draft. I mean, who knows? Is Will Anderson really a linebacker? I don't know. But I think you got one of the best linebackers in this draft. Brian Branch, I think. Mean, I think that was just the best move we made. <laughs> like, I don't think that was really part of our plan, to be real with you. I kind of feel like Brian Branch, he was just sitting there waiting, and I just felt like you had to go up and get him. Yeah, I mean, you had to. And they did. I don't think that was a part of their plan, but they got Brian Branch, who will be a great day one player, plug and play, play him in the nickel, you'll play him at safety. Dude, like, we're so damn deep, man. Like, think about how far we've come since when these guys took over the job in 2021. So, here's the depth chart week one of 2021. You're going to laugh at the secondary. It's an absolute joke. Your corners were Jeff Okuda and AO. Your safeties were Tracy Walker and Will Harris. That was your secondary. When these guys took over, and this was week one in 2021, when we all knew they were a two-win team. They had to be game three, but look, what they've done from Okuda, AO, Tracy Walker, and Will Harris. Tracy's not even a starter anymore. Will Harris isn't even a starter anymore. And they've literally revamped that entire secondary. You have Cam Sutton, Manuel Mosley, Jerry Jacobs, Tracy Walker, CJ Gardner Johnson, Kirby Joseph. Brian Branch, you just literally, in two years, this is like the most ridiculous turnaround to me. How they turn that secondary around overnight like that is crazy to me. And, I mean, their D-line, it's looking much better, especially with Aiden Hutchinson. Your offense, I mean, remember the receivers the start of that season? I, I it, it was comical in 2021. The receivers were Kleef Raymond, Tyrell Williams, and Quintess Cephas. St. Brown was playing like the third-fourth guy, at least in the start of season. And that was rookie year St. Brown, where there was a little bit of promise. You didn't know what to really make of him yet. Now, I mean, your receiving course loaded. You got J-Mo, Marvin Jones, Josh Reynolds, Amara, Khalif Raymond, who I think's been solid here. This is incredible. It's incredible how this front office sat there. They tore everything apart from the top down of what was built. They hired a culture guy clearly out of Campbell. I never thought this would be Dan Campbell here. I'm just going to be real with you. When I saw him in that first press conference, I was like, this dude's a joke. You know, I said this a lot last. uh, I was not buying into this guy at first. Look, he's proven me wrong. Sheila's proven me wrong. I'm very impressed with this offseason. I have no complaints. You filled in needs. You made win now moves. You you clearly want to go for it all, which I don't think they're ready to go for yet. Nobody's even close to the Eagles. I think we're right there with the Niners now after this offseason, which is great. But I'm really looking at it and I'm looking through our roster. And I think this is the best team that we've ever had. My life, your life, everybody's life. uh, Talent-wise, this is the most talented roster the Lions ever had. And they're deep. Something that we didn't have last year. We had some guys. We just had no depth. This year, we have guys and depth. I I love how Brad Holmes in this regime expedited this rebuild. Yeah, I, I feel like they might be rushing in maybe a little too much, but you have to give it to them. They've had balls of steel this entire time. They've done nothing wrong. If they think it's time to win now and they think we're going for a Super Bowl this year, hey, I'm going to shut my mouth. Let them do what they need to do. They've been cooking this entire offseason. They've made smart move after smart move. They're not leaving themselves financially strapped for the next 10 years with players. And, hey, the rumor that came out today is Goff's going to extend it in the next 15 months. Dave, head of the free press, uh, tweeted that out this morning. So, Goff's your franchise quarterback. They like Goff, they're going to ride with Goff. And I don't have a problem with it. I, I seriously don't. I like Goff. I think he's going to be phenomenal in the next three or four years here. You know, I, I was kind of, like, weary about a. I, I, you know, I, at times I was kind of like draft the quarterback but it, it really feels like 16 is here and 16's here to stay and after seeing how some of these quarterback deals have been taking place he's not getting 50 mil like I thought he would if you can pay him in the 30 to 38 million dollar range hey I'm going to shut my mouth and be like okay must ride because that's I think what he's really worth. I think he's a 35 million dollar quarterback if Geno's 33 Give him 35, I'm like, okay, the way the quarterback money is now, I mean, yeah, that 12% stat might not even be a thing in five years because all the elite quarterbacks are going to get $300 million contracts. They're all going to get Mahomes' money. Like You know Josh Allen's going to get Mahomes' money. You know J- well, Jalen Hurts did get Mahomes' money. I'm telling you, this is, this is a new era in Detroit, and that this will be the most fun season of our lives. The Lions are back. They don't have that superstar like they've always had when they were winning and getting bounced in the first round. That's why I think it's a little different. Like, Calvin kind of carried you. Barry clearly carried you. I don't think there's anybody in this team that carries anybody. They're just a complete ball club. And you know Campbell's going to give chemi- – you know there's going to be a lot of chemistry from day one. You know first day of camp, Campbell's going to be out there riding their asses, getting in their faces. But he knows that he, we're going to win games this year. Everybody here knows we're going to win games this year. does this just, like, feel a little different? Like, it's just a little bit. Like, we kind of just feel like we have chance for once. Like, even when we had Caldwell, we never felt like we were going to win anything. We knew we were a playoff team. We knew we were nine and seven, ten and six. We knew that under Caldwell. The only year I actually thought they had a real chance was that Dallas year, and I, I'll still stand by it. They beat Dallas in that game there in the Super Bowl. So that was the only team I, in my entire life that I thought had a chance coming in. This team, I don't know if they get to the Super Bowl. I'm not going to lay that expectation on them. I think that's ridiculous. But, hey, I'm walking into the season like, well, we have a chance. And that's all I've been asking for with the Tigers. I just want to have a chance. I've been asking for this with the Pistons. I just want to have a chance. And the Lions are going to have a chance this year, which is different. One of the Lions ever had a chance? What is Vegas? Even when this team was winning, Vegas didn't like the Lions. Vegas has never liked the Lions. The analysts have never liked the Lions. Everybody hates the Lions all the time. But for some reason, and it's not for some reason, this regime has been so good so far that we literally can't question the thing they do because they've been so correct. When has that been a thing here? When we had Mayhew, you knew they were fucking up. Even when they were winning, you were like, they were fucking up. In the 90s, I mean, they were winning, you knew they were doing that. But now, they're making smart moves that on paper look really good. Now you got to hit the field and win football games because we have a chance. I don't know. I, I think these rookies are going to be good. These signings are for genius. You sign them with short-term deals. You're building something here that has never been built before. They're building a powerhouse. I, I really think we'll be the only team competing with the Eagles, unless Trey Lance be- becomes this, like, superstar That's the only team I'm afraid of in the NFL It's the Eagles. Bring everybody else on. We almost beat the Bills last year better now than we were last year. Shit, we almost beat the Eagles last year too. But I, I would put us up against anybody this year. I think the Eagles would smack us. But besides them, I think this team has a chance. And this is different coming in. Feels good to be winning games, doesn't it? Like I haven't felt a winning Detroit team in forever. I haven't felt buzzed about a Detroit team in forever. I mean, there was buzzing about the Pistons. But that, I mean, they didn't live up to that, obviously, this year. Kate injury, all that. But, look, I'm going to conclude this episode. I'm not going to sit here and bitch about Michigan State next episode. again. Yeah, you got that out of me. Look, I, I want to focus on more positive things. I've been focusing on the more positive things lately on here. Focusing on the Lions, the Tundias. I mean, that's fun to talk about. going to hammer away a little bit of Tigers talk. They look okay. I mean, they're they're better than they were the last couple of years, but I don't see much progress. And then I, I want to just touch on whatever other news comes out. The Pistons coaching search should be concluding any day now. So I'll be back again tomorrow uh, with another rundown. See you guys then.